Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today with me, I have Ryan. Wait, wait, wait. You hear that? I'm back. <laughs> and you can't keep me down. You can't keep him As down. As I was saying, I was like, yes. <laughs> How did I forget <laughs> last week to say whisper. you can't keep him down? I totally don't listen to anything producer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just the first couple of words and then you tune out. We missed I'm you. Back. We missed the professionalism of the producer. Well, your we check cleared and now I'm here. <laughs> you we should wait till Monday to we cash had to take out. A loan out. We had to take a loan out from Flipboard. It was tough. <laughs> Say, I, was, I was talking to my manager and I was telling you... You tell them that they need to pay me double for all the work that I've been doing for this podcast. Last week we were on location in a wind tunnel, and I thought it was amazing. It was we great. got Ryan a case of beer and yeah. some McDonald's. Yeah. And the, the thing that I don't understand is why you guys didn't take the paper towel rolls off of the microphones before you used them. We we just were into it, you know. It just felt yeah, right. it felt so yeah. We were trying to be a little avant garde, a little mm. bit different, a little indie. We tried something different. I get it, I get it. Well, for all the audience members, I'm back, and you can thank this. The uh, audio the content is still bad, but the audio quality, amazing. <laughs> First 50 seconds. Oh, no, Ryan's not there. I better switch off right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we got our garbage boy back and we got our Captain Tangent. We got Nick here. Listen, so. rock stars have kidnapped my son. And hold me closer, time dancer. <laughs> I knew you were going to sing that, too. Yeah, yeah I had yeah, to. You know what? I, I wanted to sing something different, because I sang, I think I sang it last week, at least for a second, but uh, uh-huh. it's so iconic. <laughs> you have to do it. You have to do it. Hey, I, I will say, the. I, I was wondering what song you were going to do, because the the soundtrack There's so this, many. It's oh, it's and so I want to say this. Bad. I, I know we have to get into movie news first by the rules, right? But I'm Captain Tangent, Tangents for Life. This is, at the time, in the year 2000, this was the most expensive uh, costing soundtrack ever for a film. Yes, yeah, I, I saw that right there. 3.6 million. And, and Led Zeppelin, who had really only given one uh, uh, song before this movie, I think it was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, also mm. a Cameron Crowe, Amy, mm. Amy Heckerling movie. Uh, gave four songs, but not the one he wanted, which was Stairway, mm. uh, which producer Ryan, because he watched the <laughs> ultimate cut, will get into <laughs> yeah, where yeah, it was we'll missing definitely in the film. Get into <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great scene, but you know, it didn't work out. I just wish that they did the uh, Wayne's World thing where yeah. it's like, no Stairway. That was an expensive one, too, actually, I heard. Uh, I would say this, worth every penny, right? Worth every penny. Yeah. It's an amazing yeah. story. Yeah, you got to give every it to that. For yeah. Wayne's World or for this one? Both, actually. Oh, both. Yeah, this one no, specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically. What about Guardians? So. I was going to say, Guardians, yeah, Guardians was up there. I wanted like, to look how much no, that would yeah, cost, yeah. but I knew that would be expensive, too. So. Oh, God. Yeah. Sometimes that music, it makes High all Fidelity, the I think, was so. a pricey one. There's a few music ones that are super pricey. Singles <laughs> had to be pricey. So... Today we're doing Almost Famous. Almost so, Famous. Almost Power famous. of the Pick, baby. Here we go. <laughs> so this was uh, Nick's Power of the Pick. As always, we'll start off with a little bit of movie news. Do we have um, to? Can we just talk yeah. about the movie? No. <laughs> no. Right, movie it's, the it's, <laughs> it's the rules. It's the rules. Oh, gosh. So uh, Stranger Things Season 3. Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, um, yeah. Do you want to hear the numbers? I want to hear the numbers. You want to hear get the numbers? Tyler, yeah, get, get it. the numbers. Okay, okay, Look at this. Okay. Well, so, you're such a good team. Uh, the Trinity is, uh, back. Uh, <laughs> so these are the numbers from the 8th, so Monday. Okay. So which what's whatever today and is. And for the record, I <laughs> don't believe anything today Netflix 11, ever says, but, but I'm going to listen anyway. All right. All right. So uh, Stranger Things Season 3, it broke Netflix viewership records with 40.7 million house- household wow. accounts have been that's watching like, since July 4th. That's like the Cheers finale, wow. the MASH finale <laughs> level almost. I mean, that and, was like 60 million, but it's high. And 18.2 million have already finished the series. Wow. I'm, one of those, I'm, I'm one of those 18.2. Yeah, Are you Tyler? Um, as of Monday, no. I think I finished it I finished, on I finished Tuesday it Monday. or Wednesday. I finished it Monday. Interesting. I finished it Sunday and Monday, Monday was my bit. Oh, Monday, I, well, maybe it was yeah. Monday. I think but I that's literally Monday. less than a week. You yeah. finished it in less than well, a week. 
it's week. only eight episodes. Yeah, so I mean, a nice clean eight. That's eight hours of your Quite, life. A good so, amount of D&D in this season. <laughs> you mentioned oh, yeah. it in the last episode of, of Talking Flick of the idea of binging through an entire series or we waiting that it, yeah. weekly yeah. release. What's your take on that? I, I tend to agree with Nick. I think the uh-huh. weekly release is good yeah. because it allows the pacing to go well. Mm. Everyone has some anticipation. Right? Yeah, yeah. The anticipation, yeah. it allows a it build to build up a conversation to build. You can think about yeah. it more. Yeah, yeah. Especially now in like the Twitter world, right? Uh-huh. So like you think like week to week, what's going to happen next week? We talk about it. Game of Thrones experienced mm. that in real time. And we saw, even though everybody was disappointed, it can go the other way. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. With Stranger Things, like I did mention last week, it was the one caveat to uh-huh. that. I actually really like binging it. <laughs> and it's very like the reason I compare it to Harry Potter is because those Rowling books, those JK Rowling books, the way she ends chapters, those little baby cliffhangers, it's so enticing just to turn the page and read one more chapter. Uh-huh. Stranger uh-huh. Things is very similar in that way. The ending with the music and, and then you hear the theme again, it's so perfect. It's hard to be like, well, I can just watch one more. That's eh, only two in the morning. Let's do two more. You know, like it's really hard to stop. Yeah. Stranger Things really feels like I wouldn't want it, you know, week by week. I think that's something. And I, I don't I know if everyone else would agree, would agree with me, but it's the but one not, where I'm you like. I'm not a like, binger you know, by nature. Like, I don't uh-huh. binge a lot of stuff. This is the one I, I do binge. Yeah, just alcohol. Just, just alcohol. Just alcohol, alcohol yeah. Heroin, sex, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. <laughs> Acid, don't do drugs. Cam- Cameron Crowe screenplays. <laughs> Cameron Crowe and Aaron Sorkin screenplays. Alcohol, sex, drugs. Uh, you know, there's a few things. I'm on drugs. <laughs> I'm on drugs. We're going to get into all the little tidbits about this. Like there's, it's endless. There's there's so many good. You're gonna cut liners. my mic at some point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know with Stranger Things, I like how it's growing as far as the show. Um, one thing I kind of thought that Me maybe too. they would have yeah, done too is it would have been like an anthology where Stranger Things in each season is just like a different story mm. it tells. But these characters are amazing. I, yeah, we got to give it to them. I think it's unnecessary to do it that way. I think the next season it would be okay to do a time jump. I think this one ends with the nice idea that there may be a time jump. Yeah. And again, we talked about how the kids are aging. They they started so young and you can't you know it takes a while to film this thing yeah and they look like getting old they're adults now yeah, yeah. They're you, you made it sound men. like they looked really old and i didn't watch a lot of the trailers but i thought that they looked okay to me it didn't look that bad <laughs> they, they look like they're gonna go rent a car they're right? gonna buy beer mike the main <laughs> the main out on the yeah. house. <laughs> it was a little bit he looked a little he looked like he could grow a mustache it was a little weird they all yeah. got tall they all got <laughs> yeah, lazy yeah. like it's just like geez. but the uh, but the friendship and like the just what the show is about there's like an endearing friendship quality it's like stand by me or something it has this this Stephen King nature to there's, it that's so charming. Now, there's a lot of story elements thrown yeah. into it, but it flows very well. An adolescent, like coming of age. It's 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 very similar to Almost Famous in that way, just without the sci-fi element. So, real quick, has they done any other major like blockbusters or anything like films or TV um, shows? Anybody actors? in Stranger yeah. Things? Or, yeah, yeah, the actors uh, from Hopper. Uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, David, David Harbour. Harbour. He's yeah, he, Hellboy. He, now. he was Hellboy. It didn't okay. go well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, and he's been in movies too. He, the, he's, uh, he's been a uh, couple bad what's guys. What's his name? Mike the car- Mike. He was, was in, in it. it. He was yep. in the first mm, it movie, which okay. I don't think you've seen either. So. No, no. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Eleven just was in Godzilla. Yeah, Eleven was just in Godzilla. Okay, all right, all right. Bobby Millie. Millie Bobby Brown, and she apparently has been cast as like a secret role in the. Eternals, which is, I guess, is the mm, next movie coming okay. up in Phase that. 4. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a rumor, though. We're not 100% sure if it's true, <laughs> but apparently that's the talks. And, you know, these kids are set for life. She gets, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I walk into anything. I know so. Tyler will yell at me if I give any spoilers away, so I will not do that, but I will just give the little baby one. <laughs> the, the baby one is she gets a little pretty woman moment uh, in this season, oh, yeah. where she yeah. goes shopping at the mall. It's fantastic. Uh, let's go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, it's how I met your mother. A, so. a, lot of, a lot of this uh, uh, season takes place at the mall, and it's just perfect, like, 
like late uh, 80s perfection you know ryan should definitely check it out i need yep. you guys to tweet at yep. him to check yeah, it out please. So. <laughs> hashtag just watch it just is yeah put it up what's the uh what's the twitter handle producer ryan ryan underscore dot com ryan underscore dot com give me those questions watch those just watch stranger things just watch the things whatever you want to do hey audience members i'm very stubborn just keep on yelling at me and eventually i'm going to do it We'll just, we do, we'll do, we do it in person. So we'll, you do we'll it on the Twitterverse. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me those strange, strange questicles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, give me those strange questies. I like it. Questies. <laughs> and audience hashtag, members. Give me, that's a long hashtag, but we like it. <laughs> I, I'm more inclined to do what you guys say instead of what these guys yeah, say. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't listen to us at all. So. <laughs> like, I'm the professional here. So. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going on and, vacation, you guys, all right? <laughs> am I allowed to ask Tyler, Did you? Did, were you satisfied with the season? Oh, just yes. Just satisfied. Yes, yes. I was... Okay. I was happy. I know some people are going to probably not like this season. They're going to give it hate. I don't know you anybody know that doesn't. I, I certainly loved it. I love it, and I think I'm happy with it. I would the like it The best season or not quite season one? Honestly, I think they've all been the best. I, I know it's... I think this one's better yeah. than season two. This I had one, some yeah. letdown in season two, just a little bit. I just... I have so much fun watching it. Me you too. know what I mean? I, I really it, do. Yeah. I really have so much fun watching and binging it. But, so uh, we've now we're through three seasons, and I know we can't go on forever about this, but uh-huh. how many more seasons do you think is natural for the show? We talked a little give bit it, about... Give it five. Give it I a think solid, five's total, yeah. right? Give it so a two solid more, Two more and we're yeah. done. I, th- I agree with that. Yeah, yeah so yeah, give it a solid five so we don't get the burnout, then another season ten years later. About 40-ish total episodes, and people will go back to it over and over and over again. Yeah. I do like what you mentioned about having an anthology. What if they do five seasons and then have a totally different, like, yeah, I would like that too. If they were able to do a different story and, like, you know, set in like the late 90s or something, yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same kind of, I guess you could say, themes as far as like mystery, thrill, you know what I mean, all that stuff right there. But I wouldn't mind seeing a different type of, like, you know, monster role or anything. So we we may do a pod on a season three or season one or something like that at some point. I think that, uh, what's interesting about this season is like they're they don't really push they focus on the right things they don't push the mythology and the sci-fi stuff too far forward Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different directions they could still go they just kind of branch out a little bit they don't really so we could go we could go forever but i hope just based on the main characters that we're focusing uh on here that it's one two more seasons and that's it yeah Mm. if anything watch it for the memes because the memes are oh they're incredible (laughs) yeah they're so (laughs) oh gosh again uh, twitter is growing on me (laughs) (laughs) so uh other bit of movie news uh sam raimi is exploring ideas i'm so happy about this (laughs) yes you see talking flick drives the culture we spent like a half an hour on sam raimi last week right yeah and he's like i'm listening (laughs) i'm gonna give the people what they want taking notes so he's exploring new ideas for uh a new evil evil dead movie Mm. so we assume bruce campbell i mean it has to be uh, Right. From what I looked up on it, does it have to be him? Has to be. It doesn't always have. He so. doesn't have to be the main character, but he has to be there. Yeah, he's yeah. got to be there for at yeah. least a cameo. Did you watch so. the TV show? I watched the first good. season. Stars, so. it was stars. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. fine. It was I watched fun. the first season, which I liked. I started watching the second one, but couldn't get fully into it. Um, but as far as like with Sam Raimi and like this Evil Dead, they're thinking either Evil Dead Four with Army of Darkness Two. Yeah, Army but... of Darkness. My, that's the one I ride for. <laughs> that's that's the... my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> if Bruce Campbell wants to keep Ash retired, then they're going to focus on the sequel from the Evil Dead reboot that I think came out Which in like was 2012. Okay, I, I mean as far as horror reboots it, go, yeah. you know, it was it was, it was one right. of the better ones. It was but, clever. Yeah, I'll yeah, give it that. So, that's kind of the idea that's getting thrown around right now. But I wouldn't mind seeing an Evil Dead movie, whether it's a second one from the reboot or definitely just, you know, Army of Darkness 2. But I kind of felt, well, Ash versus the Evil Dead kind of takes place in its own separate thing. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's all different. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for like Sam Raimi. Just I like the direct it, sequel so. to Army of Darkness, but I, I'll be in line for any of it. Yeah, that's true. Anything, any Evil Dead, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely see in theaters. Now, so. Nick, you're a big pr- uh, promoter of 
Sam like Raimi. Ori- Sam Raimi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sam, Sam Raimi, Raimi. yeah. <laughs> but like original ideas. Well, Sam Raimi the- did not direct that reboot, just for the record. It he looked produce? a little, he, I think he produced, he was involved somehow, but it had a, it had a writer-director at Fidi Alvarez. I don't know them that well. And it had a different feel. It was like mm-hmm. a harder feel than the other ones. Now, yeah. I like the more comic tone that Sam Raimi brings this stuff. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what would you want him to do with this franchise? Um, yeah, it's hard yeah. for me. I'm a little bit older. So like for me, you got to have Bruce Campbell somewhat heavily involved. He doesn't have to be the main three line, but he has to be there. I like Army of Darkness. So I like it when you throw it in a period piece and, and you get to have a lot of fun and you get to play with a lot of different things. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I would want Army of Darkness too, if you're asking me. But what my thing with Sam Raimi is he's so good at these, but his vision, the way he thinks about movies, the way he writes scripts, the way he the cinematography works and the way that he in, infuses humor yeah. way before Marvel was doing anything like it. <laughs> I think he should get the keys to something else. I want to see Sam Raimi's Batman or Sam Raimi's Guardians or Sam uh-huh. Raimi's take on Captain Marvel or the X-Men or something like that. Jurassic That's what Park, I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Jaws, with, a, with an unlimited budget. Because remember, Indiana uh, Jones. None of these, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Indiana Jones. That'll fix. never happen. But I'm telling you, Sam Raimi's Indiana Jones would be a cra- incredible. I think that what it is is Sam Raimi the easy evil dead movies never make a ton of money what you have to make a lot of money you got to be a comic book movie these mm. days so give them the keys to something and like if you give sam raimi the keys to fantastic four i guarantee it'll be the best fantastic more movie that has ever come <laughs> well, out the bar, bar is, the bar is <laughs> not very saying, high i'm just saying <laughs> i an easy one for him <laughs> i think we could make a good fantastic four movie even the evil dead reboot i think just barely broke even it didn't make a ton of money yeah it didn't, it didn't they, go crazy but his movies they always kind of developed that huge cult following too yeah and so, that's fine and, uh, cameron crowe is similar we're going to talk about him with almost famous these are movies like with the exception of one or two where weren't box office gold including almost famous mm-hmm. these are cult movies but unfortunately hollywood doesn't give the keys to big franchises to people who just make quaint indie movies at least not all the time mm-hmm. i know marvel does a decent job of infusing them so you gotta have if you want people to see your movies you know, you're going to have to do Fantastic Four, unfortunately. So Sam Raimi, get on the phone and take over that crappy franchise or and, and make something King. good out of it. <laughs> even Stephen King movies, more so than not. I mean, uh, they have to make even, a lot of money. So Listen, one of the best movies of all time, The Shawshank Redemption, did not break even at the box no, office. Yeah. Really? Even after re-release. Man. But it's got so. a scale of rating systems now. <laughs> yeah, so. it, it is, and that's worth so, its weight in yeah, gold. Is it, it, that, that movie is a 10. <laughs> it is a fucking 10. Uh, so, uh, my <laughs> Only two of them. <laughs> So uh, my last bit of movie news is... Uh, I know the, you secretly like that scale. What? I don't know what it's the Weekend at Bernie scale. So it's broken. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's dead and everyone thinks it's still alive. T- Tyler gives every movie on pure emotion eight and a half. So we're going we're gonna, to gonna, change it to pure emotion and oh, everything, really gets like everything gets a 10. Everything gets a 10. Us, 10. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home, 10. Pure emotion. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, my last little bit of movie news is the Colossus actor from Dead. Deadpool, he actually wants to play Craven the Hunter in Spider-Man 3 mm. if they're looking to do that villain for Spider-Man 3, which I think would be interesting because yeah, we've never man. gotten Craven. Yeah, we've the only time I've, I've seen him was in the animated series, yeah, that's and that was pretty too. dope still. Yeah, so maybe Craven's I don't know what he looks hunt. like in Who real knows? life. What does he look like in He's real life? He's shirtless, <laughs> and he has this, like, Oh, Colossus animal- or Craven? Animal Colossus. No, I, I know Craven. Yeah, a little bit. I know Craven. He wears oh. the... Uh... So let me ask you this. We brought this up last week, Producer Ryan. You weren't here. The I I made the point that the Spider-Man bad guys, the Sinister Six group, isn't that great. 
Mm. Are they like comic? Gold? I think they're great, man. Okay. I think they're awesome when they team up together. Yeah, I, I just like the idea of having a supervillain team because we have superhero teams, and that's cool. Like you know, they're going against one big baddie, but having multiple villains that work are like, together, yeah, that are geniuses and work together. I think that's it very really, interesting. That pushes... it really hasn't been done that well on film yet. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm curious if anybody can ever pull it off. We've talked about Drew Goddard constantly wanting to do the Sinister Six movie. We know the DC universe moved toward what is the bad guy. Justice League. Uh, oh, the Injustice League. Not or... the not Injustice. It was like the League of whatever. extraordinary, extraordinary League gentlemen. Of <laughs> <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. With Suicide Luther Squad. A League whatever. of Their Own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, League of Their Own. I believe that's it. Yeah. So but like it's, it hasn't really been done in film yet. So uh, I'm curious to see. Well, how that's it goes. why I was a little disappointed with Logan because I thought Logan could have like it was still such a good movie. Old Man Logan. I thought it was a really good movie, but. It was a missed opportunity where they had to change it so that mm-hmm. it's not Logan killing an entire school of kids. Yeah. But Professor X getting Alzheimer's. Yeah, he kind of yeah. goes, yeah. But the whole thing behind it was that all of the supervillains of that universe were banding together. Yeah, and yeah, they, won. they won. So that's why I wanted to see that. But hey, it still was a good movie and it was a good direction, but it was a missed opportunity in my book. Oh, by the way, I'm looking at the picture of the Colossus from Deadpool. He looks like he'd be a good Craven the Hunter. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he actually looks really good. Uh, his after, name is after Stefan f- Kopik or something with a bunch of Kopech? weird Russian oh, symbols. Oh, is he Russian? Is he <laughs> I think he is actually yeah. Russian, okay. but he looks like he'd actually be a, a pretty solid... Uh, Craven the Hunter. So and I, I always thought Colossus was a cool mutant. It, oh, he, yeah, he, he wasn't the best. He wasn't like the I liked him a lot Hulk, in the cartoon. But... He's amazing. Yeah, he's yeah, really, really good in the cartoon. But I do remember when his whole body is supposed to turn into like iron plates or whatever. It's, it's like an organic uh, metal. So mm. it's a it's, it's a metal he produces himself, but it's actually an organic metal that he makes. So. Yeah, because I do remember when in the comic book series Wolverine goes to hell uh-huh. that Wolverine is possessed and he ends up killing Colossus because. He's just scratching at his armor as for a long time, and eventually his uh, his blades go in. And I'm like, is that supposed to really happen? I don't I know. Think, yeah, I think so. I think with Colossus, like limitations, like it's he's he's definitely strong, and he has like a lot of durability. It takes a lot to be able to kind of like actually pierce through it. But I mean, with Wolverine's adamantium claws, oh, yeah, he yeah. probably yeah. He, after a while, he could pierce through it. Um, I know he's gone toe to toe with the Juggernaut, just like in comic book series, and that's also a, that's like the in best part Deadpool of Deadpool too. too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't totally love that movie, but that's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he has gone toe. That's the best Juggernaut um, too, because Vinnie Jones did it for a second, right? In one of those X Men. Yeah, movies. not a very good one. Yeah, not a very good. One. Yeah, so and X Men Last Stand, Dark Phoenix original okay, yeah, people or something. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so Dead or sorry, Colossus has that organic metal. He has gone toe to toe with pretty much Juggernaut, and he gets like fucked up in days of future past <laughs> like if you watch that movie in days of future past he just gets wrecked like you see him get torn to pieces so he's and it looks good and <laughs> so he would like to play craven and no longer wants to be colossus i mean well, he i guess he could do both i mean he's just in a that's mo- not fair so I mean, the, the deadpool movies are sort of adjacent for right? colossus you never see him actually depowered in deadpool yeah, yeah, yeah. you just see him straight in that metal form that's it so mm. but 
that's I'm, not fair. <laughs> I remember seeing him in X-Men 2 when, of course, like they're doing the raid on the X-Mansion and they're shooting at Colossus. Yeah, I remember and that. And then he completely goes metal. Scene. You know, imagine being eight years old and you love Colossus and you see that. It's like, great shot. Never saw anything like it again until <laughs> X-Men Days of Future yep. Past. Took mm. about 10 years. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then more to get more Colossus. But. And, and again, it was weird that Deadpool actually got gets him right, basically, in yeah. those two movies. And I think that uh, in the cartoon, that's the Colossus I like the most. Oh, yeah. Really Definitely. Good yeah, man, he was sick. So. But uh, that's all I got for movie news. You guys got anything you want to throw in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. T- we wanted to talk, bring up the uh, Sherlock news. Sherlock 3, for those folks that really, really like those two Guy Ritchie movies. Guy Ritchie out. Dexter Fletcher from Rocket Man, and uh-huh. he did the he took over for Brian Singer for Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. which I liked a lot. That was a really good movie. It's on making the rounds on HBO. Now, he's taken over Sherlock three. The first two Sherlock movies, the one with Robert Downey Jr. Really, yeah, yeah, Robert. Oh, Downey. really? Yeah. I really yeah. like those. Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jude we, Law. Actually, Jude Law is not confirmed for three, but everybody assumes he's coming back. Yeah, I think mm, they'll so. be able to get. And it's back supposed to be. And... It was supposed to come out in twenty twenty. Now they're going to push it about a year. So okay. I actually like those first two movies. I like them both. The yeah. first one's really good. The second one, I. not so bad. They don't get Moriarty quite right there, but it's not terrible. Uh-huh. To be honest, I wish the Batman movies, or if they make this new Batman movie with, what's his name? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. If they make it... <laughs> oh, they're going to make it. <laughs> if they make it similar to uh, oh, that, Sherlock the Holmes. down scenes with yeah, yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes when he analyzes and like he predicts. Not the future, but he analyzes the exactly. situation. Yeah. And, yeah, I would love that. If they do that, that would be so close to my Batman, yeah. I would give who? What is it? Matt Reeves. I would yeah, give Matt, Matt Reeves, Reeves yeah. an award. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs at least ten more villains so <laughs> to, to be able to do that. I've said oh, it. Man. I've said it before. He's I'm so concerned this about this movie. Please surprise me, Matt Reeves. Please, please surprise me, Matt Hopefully, Reeves. Please. Yeah. Hopefully, five of those villains are any, in Arkham. So. Any Euphoria fans? They they announced there's going to be a season two of Euphoria. I know the kids are are loving that show. I haven't seen it yet. So. I've seen three episodes. I don't I even know struggling. what that is. Man. I, I've never felt so so old and distant from the youth of America after I watched that show. No. Just now? <laughs> it's a rough watch. Yeah, just now. Not You're right, yeah. Time. It wasn't when you said... Yeah. It's not you when he... Tyler, why don't we just go back to the other studio hey, and record just me? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't last week when you called everyone homies? <laughs> that was good. That was memorable. <laughs> it, felt, it felt organic. I stand by it. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> that, that's a term oh, that young God. people use right now. Oh, Spider-Man, God. you my homie. <laughs> I, I love it. it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> please, please don't tweet me that. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, Almost Famous is the story of how music chooses you. Yes? Um, no? Maybe so? I don't know how to sum this up in one line. So there's really family values. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> family there's, values. There's really nothing. So. I think Entertainment Weekly once wrote that uh, Not Since a Hard Day's Night has a movie caught the thrumming exuberance of going where the music takes you. Mm. Uh, and then I think somebody wrote once, and I, I hate to quote a bunch of, of really good critics, although, you know, I read all this stuff. Every Cameron Crowe film is in one way or another about romance, rock and roll, and his romance with rock and roll. Mm. And I think, like, when you talk about even Jerry Maguire, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you kind of see the through line there. He was a writer. It's based on his life to a certain mm-hmm. extent. He, he, you know, borderline genius writer at 15 years old, writing for Rolling Stone, Cream Magazine, things like that. Uh, and even in the movies that aren't about music, music is so important to every one of those films. Even Vanilla Sky, which is one of his not so great ones. <laughs> the music is incredibly important to that movie. So th- I think that's what um, he's the rare screenwriter that like, you know, exactly what he's thinking and you know exactly what he's going to give you. And you still show up and watch it because it's so good. Let, let me give you my reaction. OK, so I have two. I have two re- reactions. First one Spider-Man, is Spider-Man, you my homie. <laughs> <laughs> First reaction no, was it? <laughs> it's just that easy. 
You want you want to become a, a music journalist? It's just that easy. It's super easy. You want to be a rock star? It's just that easy. This is the seventies, right? This is seventy four. It takes place. And in? then my second seventy three. My second reaction is. Wait, two hours have passed. How come this movie's still going on? <laughs> Wait, I still have 42 minutes? Hey, nobody told you to Wait. watch the ultimate cut. Wait, this is the <laughs> director's cut? <laughs> That's is, on you. This is two hours and 42 minutes? What am I doing? Oh my god. Is that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, jealous. I'm jealous that you watched the ultimate cut. I watched the regular cut, and I feel bad I didn't watch the so, director's cut. What's I've in the director's cut? Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's There's amazing? like five okay. really important scenes don't in there. Don't worry. When I get to it, and then you don't know what I'm talking about, that <laughs> was in the director's cut. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun watching this movie, though. I mean, this is the second time I've seen it. I think I saw it once, like, a mm. couple of years ago. This but... is maybe my 11th or 12th time. Just, <laughs> just for the record, folks. It's always fun when I see the guy who played Dr. Manhattan. What, what's his name in real Billy, life? Billy Crudup. Billy, Billy Crudup, Crudup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you don't like now. this, try... We, we, we just mentioned The Watchmen. I really like him in that yeah, movie, he's actually. Good, yeah. He's in two indie movies that I love. Trust the Man came out in 2005 with David Duchovny, if you like The X-Files. And he's in a movie, another music movie with Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, uh, Rudderless, where he mm. plays folk music uh, that was written by his son who passes away in the film. Mm. So, so cool. It's such a cool movie. Not a perfect movie, but a really, really cool, worthwhile movie. So support the indies. How much blue penis do you get, though? <laughs> just a, a hint. A little, just a, little, oh, just just a, a tip. Okay. Just, just a tip. Oh, yeah, just a tip. <laughs> so, so not enough. <laughs> <laughs> is there ever enough? I mean, there's never enough. <laughs> okay, why Man, don't we? Nothing just hangs out there. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we talk about the the casting first? Let's let's start with the casting. Okay. Listen, I'm I'll, I'll talk about you know, casting. It's an amazing. <laughs> it's one of the best cast films in the history of film. No, the cast That's is what great. I'm the cast is and great. It Everyone wasn't. So cool. There's a lot of Everyone casting. Everyone looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. everybody's perfect. Speaking Zoe Deschanel. That's like her second movie, and she kills it in the few minutes she's in. Uh, so many Oscars should have been. They should have given like twenty five supporting actor Oscars for the people in this movie and nobody got one it they, was they were all great they were all one great. Oscar for this film it was the screenplay for Cameron Crowe mm, um, it was nominated for six or seven but it did win a couple Golden Globes Kate Hudson uh -huh. got a Globe but I mean how do you not give an Oscar to Philip Seymour Hoffman how do you <laughs> yeah, not give man. an Oscar to Francis McDormand <laughs> shit I would have given an Oscar to uh, everyone uh, in this Jimmy, movie Jimmy Fallon you know <laughs> no, and Billy Crudup he was great incredible you know, yeah. who was, you know who was supposed to be that part who? from the Brad Pitt yeah Oh, yeah, that's Brad right. Pitt. And they really? actually filmed about a month or so. It depends who you believe uh, with him. And he was like, I'm just not getting this character. And then they mm. recast Billy Crudup. Wow. That's crazy, yeah, no, right? Billy Crudup, he does point. great. He yeah, gets it on point. He's great perfect. Job. You know what the great thing about that is? Like, he has the perfect look for this part, right? Of the Russell Hammond part. Yeah. The part, and I don't want to go crazy. Wait, it's an old movie. It's 2000, so we can spoil whatever we want. When he <laughs> gets to, uh, I won't give away the twist necessarily, but when he gets to William's house and he sees the mother for the first time and Zoe Deschanel is there, the sister. Yeah, yeah. And she, he's like, where is she? Because he thinks he's going to see Penny, but he sees yeah. the sister. Uh -huh. And she does that little hip flare. Yeah. he's like, oh, who's this cute 70s rock and roll? Yeah. Guy? yeah. It's just a great moment. It's so humid. I, there's so many human things in this movie I love so, so much. No. And and yes, that that's in the script. Definitely. I oh, really love the so script. cool. But uh, we we talk about the look, man. I really like the look of like just the style of, yeah. of everything, like yeah. the shots, but even just the wardrobes of the guys and oh, the girls and on stuff. Point all I, the way. I, I, I kind of yeah. want that back. The like, camera filters. You saw the ultimate cut where they go to the concert scene in Cleveland. You see a little yeah. bit more of that, and the filter on the camera has that grainy '70s mm, look to it yeah. when they're at the microphone. That shit is amazing. But but the the look of just having the long hair, the flowing oh, yeah. t-shirts, yeah. and the different, mustaches. The different yeah, levels of mustache. <laughs> oh man, Mr. Bangs. 
with the, with the uh, Guess Who t-shirt. I'm know? not going to lie. I was so jealous. I was like, man, that look is so cool. Yeah. It is I, cool. I, I can't pull that Jean off. Jackets. I can't pull that off at all. Especially just a mustache. It's either a make or break with just a mustache. And, yeah, and some of their sunglasses are really cool. Like the different <laughs> yeah. kinds of aviators. I totally agree. Even when you look at the band-aids, the groupies, like they're the way they dress. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. flowing skirts, the no bra, like all of that shit's amazing. It's a very good period piece. Don't it's do really, drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, mom. It's, it's a really good window into that time. To get, like understanding. Your aura is purple. It's, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> that one girl, she was just going oh, Olivia crazy. Rose, <laughs> Olivia Rosewood, yeah. she's amazing too, yeah. Feruza Balk from American History X, Anna Paquin from X-Men, from True Blood. I mean, they nail every single one of these. Uh, Kate Hudson, this kind of puts her on the map. How'd you feel about the Penny Lane oh, man. It's like, I, to be, okay, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I like Penny Lane. That's all I got to say. I like Penny Lane. She's I an algorithm of a few so, things. Like, so but, many people in this movie, the Russell Hammond parts, like, a lot of Glenn Fry, a little bit of one of the Almond Brothers. So all these folks are an algorithm of his real life. He basically follows around the real Cameron Crowe, the Almond Brothers, the Eagles, um, a real band named Stillwater that they had to get the name yeah, yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, a couple other bands also. I think Crosby, Stills, and Nash for a minute there. Um, and so all these characters are a little bit of everybody. Uh-huh. I think Liv Tyler's mother is loosely the Penny Lane character. Uh, along with interesting. Uh, interesting. Okay. So there's a lot of real life in there. So there's there's parts that I liked about Penny Lane or Kate Hudson's character. The performance. No, yeah, no, she's good. She's good at, at the yeah. character that she's playing, but the character itself and how it's written. She's so early and you have to have the gravitas to kind of be charming yeah, as the yeah. female lead, right? I, I just don't like, and this is just a personal thing, I really don't like bubbly, airy, like oh, hippie okay. kind of. I don't know. I thought she had some edge to yeah. her, actually. How old are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, no. too. <laughs> yeah, no, Me too. How old are you really? <laughs> no, Me I, too. I, I don't like that. <laughs> you're just like insincere and just like, I don't know what you're thinking. But I, you know, I really but you know why it's important, like... Ryan? Because as you get later in the movie when she goes to New York, when she's not supposed to, when you have that yes, and that you, quiet moment, you get that feeling from her. It's ca- everything is calculated about this script, and it's the calculation is is real, uh-huh. real human emotion. Like you're so naive, and then you're so heartbroken. And and, and I get it's, that. It's life, man. Her her what character. Kind of the, the, the reason why she's acting this way is Who's the defense girl? mechanism. Me yeah, yeah, it's her defense defense ne- yes, mechanism yes. so that she can keep people at yeah. a distance. And I we're not groupies. We're bandits. Yes, yes. And Only blowjobs. <laughs> Only blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get that. And there's Change things. The game. <laughs> there's things that I really like about her character and Kate Hudson's performance. But the person, if I met this person in real life, I would not like them, and I would not want to be around them. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, that. you know what it in is. This is why. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. This is why the Lester Bangs character is the MVP of this movie because, and he's a real life guy. He's based off a real life guy. Sadly, both Philip Seymour Hoffman, the actor, and the real Lester Bangs, are a real American rock critic, died of overdoses, which mm. is tragic. But they lived life to the full. That I means to, to, to that yeah. extent. They were on he, drugs. So. He is the window into this. He's gonna look. They're gonna. You're not cool. They're gonna. You're gonna befriend them. They're gonna fly you places. Yeah. You're gonna meet girls. Yeah. This is Philip it, man. You're, Once you're in the world, Ryan, you don't know what you're gonna do. You got <laughs> beer and boobs and rock and roll. Drugs. And it's hard. To, yeah. It's hard to not be in that Quay world, loops. man. You got oh, yeah. pools and everybody wants your autograph. In this movie, you are a great. golden god. <laughs> no, he's he's great, and he's like the the, the one constant. He's the he's the best. 
He's yeah. the best. Yeah. Every single one of his the, lines. The voice of reason on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's incredible. And yeah. and he tells him what it is, and yeah. it, he has to he has to find this out for himself. <laughs> He's going through all these things, and at the very end, he realizes it that he was right. At the in the beginning of the movie, I thought that he was just a jaded critic, you yeah. know. But he knows what he's talking about, and he's speaking truth. Yeah, to be the, honest, the and guess yeah. the guess who shirt he's wearing in the movie is Cameron Crowe's real guess who shirt <laughs> for when he was a critic. The the I love so many of his lines are I can't get say every Lester Bangs line, but I put it on Twitter. Music, you know, true music, not just rock and roll, chooses you. This is a guy who loves it, and that's why he constantly brings up like you're coming into rock and roll at a bad time. It's getting commercialized. Yeah. It's getting taken over. It's era. becoming a, an industry of cool when it really should be about the music, and that's true. All that stuff is true. Rock and roll turns into poison at some point and kiss and stuff like that. Before that, <laughs> this is the sweet spot in 73 where it still really meant something to, you know, to, to, to write something amazing. Hey, yeah. yeah. I like the hair metal. The hair metal was Me too. Cool. I like it too. Listen, I like all of it. I'm an Aerosmith guy and I like all that <laughs> shit. But I'm just saying like this is this is a, a, a certain moment in time where there's still a lot of romance to rock and roll and uh -huh. what it means to everybody. Yeah, I get the that. Beatles just broke up. Like this is like a thing where like everybody is sort of like looking to to make their mark on the world through poetry and music. But Nick, I feel like I've met these people in high school. They're like, oh man, <laughs> music can change the world. It's all about love. Well, you took time away from D and D in high school to meet some rockers. Yeah, right, no, no. I feel like I've met these this. people. It's like, hey, I want you to let's listen to the mind of Garbage Boy. <laughs> listen to this song for me, all right? This is gonna explain how I feel right now. Okay. You know what though? Ass, I'll ass, tell you ass, what. Ass. I'm gonna tell you something right now. This is. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's definitely what it. Year were we in high school? <laughs> when did Rump Shaker come out? When did, <laughs> when did Thong Song I like come to out? Move yeah, yeah, move it. Uh, Cisco Thong Song. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> there is always that one person that like this song explains me, and then they play like uh, ironic Alanis Morissette, and you're like, I don't understand why that explains you. But I will say this: like, there are when you're in love, okay. I'm telling you that when Peter Gabriel's in your eyes sounds different when you're not in love and when you're in love. Mm. Okay. When you uh, just nail an important like job or assignment, uh, you know, like Stairway to Heaven sounds different to you. Remember Jerry Maguire, the scene where he's singing Free Fallen after he nails getting Cush to sign and be his, uh, be, he's the agent for Cushman or whatever, yeah, the yeah. Jerry O'Connell character. He's singing Free Fallen in the car because he's fucking crazy excited, right? Music is really powerful. And, and, and this movie encapsulates that and puts it on screen and for the, you the in scene, real time. The scene that really depicts that is that scene where... Uh, Hold me close. <laughs> not that one. It's, scene, it's, yeah, it is a good scene. Because it brings That's them together a after scene, a big yeah. Right, right, it's amazing. But Kate Hudson's character when she's getting her stomach pumped was that in I'm the regular? You, that was, uh, yeah, want, that was listen, the I love painting. that scene. Yeah, and the POV where you just see her her cute little feet. Yeah, in the and they're the playing curling. They're playing. While she's getting her stomach pumped. Yeah, and they're playing the Stevie Wonder's yeah. Masharia more. It's it's such a good like contrast. Yeah. and the way that he's looking at her. And he kissed her right before that. Yeah. right before she creepy. throws Yeah, it's definitely creepy. Yeah, definitely creepy. It's earnest and such. It's in the most innocent way it's earnest you know yeah. <laughs> so let me get because after that is when she basically figures out that she, he loves her yeah and and it, it's unspoken and once again you know i'm a sucker for these movies where the guy and the girl don't end up together the love story isn't a happy one but it's so it's so earnest and and important and true to life it you works know, you it know works. what though i don't think that this is this is a love story it's not a love story, story. It's, it's, a love it's, story it's really though. a love it is note a rock to, and roll yeah it's a love story <laughs> of rock and roll yeah yeah he realizes that penny you. lane is but just you know a mistress <laughs> this movie could be misconceived as um and i've read a lot of reviews about it i wrote a review on realwatchability.com for this one and i'll link the pod to it also 
it, it it's been misconstrued as like the decadence of rock and roll, the misguidance of uh, rocker, the Jason Lee character in this movie. Oh, he's it's good not. It's this. actually yeah, no, he is it's good. the romance of rock and roll. <laughs> is what this movie is really about. It's right before rock and roll kind of goes a little sour, and I think that that's really what Cameron. Don't trying worry to about me. I'm just the yes. lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just the fuck, I'm just one of the faded no. guys in the background, right? The out of focus ones. <laughs> I, I love Jason Lee's character because I just believe it so much. He's like oh, this yeah. dude's a douchebag. With the long hair, he sells it really good. He sells it really good, and he's he was in uh, a couple other Cameron Crowe movies. He's in Vanilla Sky, yeah. And I think uh, we don't see enough Jason Lee anymore. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. All rats. Alvin the Chipmunks. Alvin the Chipmunks. (laughs) (laughs) We got to see a little more of him. Uh, We got to see a little more. I need. I I got room for more Jason Lee. Yeah, chasing Amy. We need. We need uh, a new Alvin and Chipmunks. My name is Earl, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need. We need more of Alvin Chipmunks. Fever dog. The music in this movie was written by. Now, they're not married anymore, but Nancy Wilson of Heart and Cameron Crowe were married yeah. for a long time. Mm. They wrote some of the music to this in 86. The Stillwater songs, right? Some of the Stillwater yeah. songs. They also brought Pete Frampton, who has a small cameo in the movie, a famous guitar player. Mm. If you haven't heard his While My Guitar Gently <laughs> Weeps riff, you got to listen to that. Yeah, and, to and you're dead to me if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> oh, it's fucking amazing. Oh, but yeah. in any case, he he wrote some of them, too. Uh-huh. So and, and the one that Ryan's uh, watched, The Ultimate Cut, has a couple more songs that we don't really Ooh. hear. Yeah, yeah, regular great. Yeah, solid songs. Yeah, yeah, man. They're all yeah, really good. They're man. Awesome. Nancy Wilson is super talented, honestly, from heart. So I think they got divorced in so, 2011, but they were a super cute couple. William, who's yep. being his played William by Miller. Patrick William Fugit. Patrick Fugit. Yeah. Okay. Great casting. The an, an innocent look, uh, the perfect face. Perfect. Perfect haircut. <laughs> okay. Everything. Let me, uh, let me just first say, I so he's 15 in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. He's and the 15. scene where they lie to him about his age Wait. is fucking priceless. I'm 12? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm just no, 12. I, no big deal. That was great. Time Actually, we tell him. <laughs> the, the kid actor, great. Good delivery. I, I loved it. But he's 15, right? He's yeah. 15. Those girls raped him. Yeah, they basically did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, don't, don't try to argue it's it. It's different when it's girl-on-guy crime. So. Hey, it's still statutory <laughs> it rape. It still is. Yeah, they did. Yeah. He's, he's under 16. There's no parental consent anywhere. <laughs> oh, That's statutory rape. Speaking, yeah. of the, speaking of the scene that leads into when they're all in the limo together, it's like, we did everything. You traveled the world with us. We did everything but get you laid. And he's like, well. And they're all like, oh, man, my guy. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I like the uh, scene when they're of course they're on the airplane and they think they're about to die oh, oh, and they're just yeah. saying confessions yeah. it's there's amazing. the guy saying he's gay yeah. you know let's yeah. romances I'm still with in love with you yeah, yeah. Break. I yeah. killed a man oh no I hit okay. her <laughs> you've been with know. Penny Lane for you know, yeah. the last three months or whatever yeah. Jimmy Fallon was good in this movie also uh, by the way that is based on a, I just want to get it out there for the record there's so many tidbits we can't get everything but that is based on a true event I think it was Led Zeppelin's plane that malfunctioned while folks were on there Really? so, so much of this movie is it's, listen life imitates art art imitates life it's fascinating how much of this is true Cameron mm. Crowe had a really good life I guess yeah. <laughs> right? really and it shaped who he was yeah. it shaped <laughs> who he was but so Zoe Deschanel fantastic Jimmy Fallon and yeah. another person uh-huh. uh, they had in the beginning credits they had just a single um, Jay Baruchel has a, a decent part I don't know if he got Eric Stone Street from Modern Family shows up as oh, the yeah. uh, uh, Mark Marin. did he get his own cell I can't remember the part. I don't know but 
Pastor Mark Maron. Yeah, shouts. yes, yes. And oh. then uh, Nick Swarsden, a famous comedian. But I just, I thought, I just thought yeah. it was interesting because now they're big stars, they're famous, sure. and they would get their own cell. But for this one, they it was three of them lumped into one, and then yeah, they put right. All these other it's people. crazy to see. Yeah, very crazy. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Even Philip Seymour Hoffman. This is early, early Philip Seymour Hoffman pre Oscars. So I mean, this before he won, he won for uh, playing Capote, right? At some point there, uh, and he's incredible. I mean, you really got to give credit to the casting. I think it's Gail Levin who had done a bunch of Cameron Crow movies that did the casting for this movie. Nailed it. But Fucking but nails it. The script on this movie, it's so good. It's really it's so good. Yeah, I have it in my hand. No, no. And for people watching on News Channel Eight, that's a shout to Tony Cornell. But uh, it's it feels, in my hand, and it I have feels read it so real. Multiple times, just, just like you mentioned, yep. it feels so real. And when you know why Jimmy, it feels real? Because it's fucking real. <laughs> it's real, man. But, so much of it's real. But Jimmy Fallon, when he comes in, he has some balls on him, yeah. man. He has he, some balls. He's, he's an algorithm and, of a character, also, and he's just selling it. And yep. he's like, no. I'm not waiting for your answer. I'm you're auditioning for me. Yep. So I'm gonna wait outside. <laughs> and I was like, damn, look at that hard sell. Oh my goodness. The balls on this man. <laughs> oh I wanna I wanna talk, I wanna spend a little bit of time when we talk about these supporting characters, right? The movie is it's it's a it's a it's a it's really like a group uh, movie, right? So there's uh -huh. really no main character. You could say Billy Crudup, Patrick Fugit, the POV of those two, and a little bit of Penny Lane. But it's it's a compilation of everybody. Who is the supporting character that stands out the most for you? Let's say I took Lester Bangs out because that's obviously well, one who's who steals the main so many character. Scenes. It's probably Patrick Fugit. I mean, it's William, probably the okay. William Miller character. All right, yeah, okay. William, for, yeah. for me though, there's no character that's more of a through line than the mother. Yeah, who's Francis really McDormand, good. who's Elaine Miller, who's based on Cameron Crowe's real mom. His real mom actually likes this role, really? which he finds fascinating and psychologically damaging for some for a lot of reasons. But she's actually like, yeah, that's about right. That's pretty much right on. It, it's pretty she was a school teacher and an activist, about, just like the character. Yeah, in the yeah. Movie, so. What about the band manager, Dick? He talked. He talked. No, to yeah. You know coming He's, back. He's yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. We'll finish the tour. You can come back here. This will be your new home. And the kids are like, yeah, "He's man. in our basement. <laughs> He's in our basement." Yeah. Oh man, I, I am a golden god. Portion. Is also based on a true story from one of the Almond Brothers. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy how much of this is true. I think I read one of my favorite tidbits about this because I've I've seen uh, a lot of these. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is watch uh, documentaries about bands because that shit is fucking crazy and i love it so much right so i've seen like genesis some of all parts i think eric clapton my life in 12 bars um history of the eagles part one and two is on netflix rolling around um the the rolling stone life on the edge all these documentaries are, are so worthwhile uh in this movie it's uh cited that um Jason Lee's character is the one who says, uh, I just make us sound cool, man, right? Yeah. And that yeah. is something that Glenn Fry said to Cameron Crowe in real life when he was writing, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, like man. this shit, people, this is the real world, man. Uh, so much of it, rarely does a movie encapsulate like so much of what actually happened, you know? Uh -huh. So I kept thinking like this had to be written. This couldn't be real life, but actually he's just taking what people told him <laughs> and putting it on paper and then making a true story out of it. All right. I, I hate to sour some of the mood sure, on this, sure. but okay. <laughs> so let me just talk about a, a We're not going to talk things. about Brightburn, are yeah. <laughs> no. But so what was his name? Fugit. Uh, Patrick Fugit. Pa William. William. Yeah. Miller. Patrick Fugit. Yeah. Uh, William's character. So I did like the him. enemy. Yeah. The enemy. I, I liked him in a lot of the, the film. But there were some lines that were just very weirdly delivered. It was just very... Like, he's awkward. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not 15. cool. He's not he's cool, not man. Cool. I'm yeah. always home. I'm uncool. <laughs> well, okay, but... Girls will okay. always be a problem for I'll give you an like example. Us. I'll give you an example. So when he's saying, what am I to you? You know, when they're like, 
can you, if you're going to be heading yeah. out, can you take the oh, laundry? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what am I to you? What am I to you? And as he was delivering, I was like, like, it's just such a weird way of he, him delivering it. And then when he's having that heart to heart with Kate Hudson's character uh-huh. in the orchard, whatever. when After she overdosed or yeah. they, they pump her yeah. stomach. I right? love yeah. that scene. No, but after, really after she like, you know, it's her birthday after just celebrating her birthday. And then she finds out that she's not going to be traveling with them anymore. And then he's just basically giving her the hard truths of what's going on and what okay. really happened. We lost you in a poker game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, it's rough. It's rough. The, the subject matter, what they're and, dealing and, with. And, and Kate Hudson's facial expressions, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I don't know she's why she great. hasn't been bigger. She's, she's great. Amazing. But how he delivers the lines is just very weird. It's, I, 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 thought, I, just, I thought it was earnest. And I used, I've used that word too much the last few weeks. But in this movie, it, it really matters because... When he delivers it, it doesn't have like a lot of weight behind it. On purpose, he's fucking 15 years old. He's a kid. And why is anybody listening mm. to him as part of the story? And I think that's kind of what it was going for. I, I because just... I bet you Cameron Crowe in real life was like, I was trying to interview these rockers who thought they were the greatest thing on the planet. And I'm just some kid putting a microphone in their face. <laughs> yeah. Even at 18, 19 years old, Cameron Crowe was struggling with that. But so. I, I'm just saying that it just felt very stilted. And I've seen other actors and stuff, so, you know, even in that overcoming that barrier of that age thing and stuff understanding that you love someone and they're like have this unrequited love there should be a little more emotion to it a little more weight behind it and it just felt very awkward might be on to something there I don't have any problem with his performance and I know Cameron Crowe really liked him and picked him specifically and don't get me wrong his look really carries a lot of it he's good he's good yeah Yeah, he has an innocent look with the haircut if we're gonna face if we're gonna put a percentage on it I want to say that like 85% of the film when he's doing doing his line stuff it's great but it's just that small 15 uh-huh. percent that kind of stick out in my mind and that that's the thing that kind of you know like what you got to do go to the parts and watch them again someday when you get to it <laughs> and when the girls are flirting with them are the best stuff when the girl is like don't worry i've seen the future and this all works out reasonably well he's on the phone and he <laughs> no. just looks at her like you could st- my, I, I saw the future and they told me i could stay in your room tonight he's so like oblivious to any of this that's happening around him <laughs> he doesn't know how to react to anything and it's on purpose and, and about that but that's the thing. That's the thing. He does that very so well. well. He does that very well. Here's but a, in this portion, it just seems yeah. very weird. There is some. I I I'll give you some point, pointers on that because there are some moments when he has to get serious and it doesn't work. Exactly. Super, super yeah, well. yeah. But I I still think um it it to me it, it strikes me as realistic in that way. I get that. And I think like in real life the the character Patrick Fugit didn't know shit about seventies rock and the Beatles and uh-huh. early rock and roll. And Cameron Crowe like locked him in a room with a bunch of albums and like you need to breathe these albums for the next two days and figure <laughs> this shit out. I want this shit just coming out of your pores. <laughs> so he just locked him up and be like, you will listen to Sparks, Hollywood in two thousand over and over and over, and over again until <laughs> you understand it, man. So like, but I think like that's part of but part of why he works in this role. He's just oblivious. Look at look at the mom character. Like yeah. this is a sheltered kid yeah you know, no like, and, and i get it, that you know? i get that why why did the mom let him do this well so I think you the saw the ultimate so. cut right yeah in the ultimate cut there's an important scene there that um where remember the sister when she leaves she's like listen to this song it'll explain the world uh-huh. to you why i'm leaving or whatever yeah yeah there's a m- moment where he gets offered by ben tong for torres yeah, or whatever from rolling, from rolling stone, stone yeah. the job and he's gonna go now follow Stillwater, right but he has to ask his mom the mom has like a like an intervention scene where everybody gathers in the room and will comes in and he's like i'm gonna play you a song and it's gonna explain why i want to do this mom just sit there quietly and listen the song is supposed to be stairway to heaven but cameron crow couldn't get permission from led zeppelin to put it in um so 
like in the ultimate cut, they play the that scene and then they tell you to go put your CD of Stairway to Heaven on when the song is playing, even though you can't hear it in the movie. Mm. And at the end, she still says no and then immediately changes her mind and says yes. Um, <laughs> because what she, what it is, is the sister left. She yeah. doesn't want to lose Will. She already lost the sister because of how she is. So everybody experiences growth in this. And that's very human, right? So mm. to me, it's it's natural. It works. I thought it was just because, you know, that's the whole point of why she started him early was so that he could travel, you're, go to Europe. Yeah, so yeah. You're the pure early. emotion guy, Tyler. Did it strike you as realistic? Did it strike you as natural? I mean, that's what I saw it as, as because in that beginning scene, because I didn't see the director's cut, which was how long? Two hours and 40 minutes? 245. That the, is the theatrical's 202. I know, man. Yeah. You're, you're telling me. Listen, you're people, telling me. Listen, people, the hereditary <laughs> podcast is like 14 hours. <laughs> so do yourself a favor, skip that one and go Perfect watch podcast. the ultimate cut of Almost Famous. <laughs> so good. Yeah, because I would say because from that beginning scene when he finds out that he's actually what 10 or 11 11 and yeah. Yeah, I like that scene too <laughs> yeah no yeah that was great. And that's and a cute kid actor too <laughs> the young like, William uh, is a super uh, cute actor like, yeah where's your pubes yeah. <laughs> I, I shaved them off <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah I mean I thought that was from seeing the movie I thought that's why she let him go because he was graduating and that was the whole point because she started him early she knew he was full of potential and he was going to graduate early and he would spend those extra years just enjoying life a little bit more because he was going to graduate and three years of travel, go to Europe. Whatever, I thought so. I thought that was the case as well. Yeah. But with her being so like helicopter mom yeah. and you need to check up on me. Well, she's a professor in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah and in real life, she's a teacher and an activist. So that was a real thing. Yeah, yeah, but so. I, that's what I thought. Don't do drugs. That she, <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> that she was allowing him to do this because, you know, he has Man, these extra Your mom years. really yeah. Freaked me out, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was good. That Such was a great scene. Yes, ma'am. Just a rock star. Yes, even, ma'am. Even Billy Crudup, when he walks in the house after that cool twist, we can spoil it now, right? Penny Lane uh, calls Russell. Or Russell calls Penny yeah, Russell Lane. Calls yes, Penny. And yes. he thinks she's giving him her address. Yeah, but yeah. But it's actually William's address at home because even that part's based on a true story. He, The band lied and said the stuff wasn't true. Yeah. yeah um, that's so trash. Yeah. It's based off a true story. The Allman Brothers did that to, I think, Cameron Crowe. Man, so. that would. Oh, but I'd they be also. So well, you did tell him. Uh, Russell did tell him. Write what you want. Yeah, write what you write want. What you want after the plane, multiple times. Write yeah. what you want. Russell right is off. Russell is an asshole, but he's textbook like he's so cool. Though. He's searching for himself. <laughs> no, he Everybody's is cool. searching for himself. Yeah, yeah look man, so cool. he looks yeah. dope. I would yeah. love to hang out with him. Yeah, me too. And then when they're at the party, and he's like, "You're real, man. This is real. Your friends are real. You want to? No, you want to see my snake? Yeah. You want to see me feed my snakes with his mice? And he's like, I know. That's a great. I wrote that line down. I love that scene. And then he's like, Hey. Can I have that bitch and belt? He's <laughs> like, yeah. I love uh, Penny Lane encapsulates it pretty good in one of her genius lines when she says famous people are just more interesting. Mm. Uh, I think that that is it's just so important to the through line of the movie. Why do people why are people drawn to these people? Because these people have something, you know, they're to give, famous. even yeah. if they're shallow that and hollow. Mustache the hair end, combo you know? makes me want to do it. So <laughs> even though I won't look like Russell, I think um, I would look more like Jason Lee if I was there. I think I'd be the, I'd be that character. I'd look Jeff more Beebe like the kid, William. So. <laughs> <laughs> he traded her for a case of beer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beer? <laughs> Heineken. Yeah, Heineken. Oh, man. <laughs> but, um, but that's straight up. Okay, so the ending of it, it's a really feel-good ending. A lot of the, the loose ends are tied up. The family is back together. Um, it's so smart for the character of William to bring his sister back home with him. Yeah, as yeah. <laughs> no, no. But it's also like, yeah, but, and the mother knows exactly what's going on, but she buys in immediately. But, 
it, it's a great field. I'll take you anywhere you want to go, William. Where do you want to go? And they show up at the front <laughs> door. Of the house. <laughs> but, but it's a great feel good ending it's where beautiful. like everything it's is really not tied just up. Feel good. But, it's beautiful. <laughs> but the thing is, though, I found it very strange. Like the timing, the timing was really weird because. In the context of what the tour was over, the Penny Lane okay. thing had happened. All right, all right. The plane had almost crashed, and the band was probably going to. Yes, break up yes. Then. But at, when everything is tying up, William yeah, ha- William has just gotten home, and then how long does it take for William to get home? And then yeah, Russell I show up. It doesn't, time it doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah. If it's two weeks, if it's a month, does it really matter? Kinda. It does <laughs> because they release like while they're they're talking, they release or while everything is going on, they release the. The article, yeah, the Rolling and Stones. then they're on another bus that says no more planes, and like all these different things are going on. When does Russell go to the house, and when do all of this stuff get patched up, and in what order? It ties everything this up. This movie was but I don't nominated understand for an Oscar uh, for the time jump. The times, yeah. I don't, you know what? I think actually that might be the rare case where the ultimate cut is a little sloppier than the theatrical cut. Mm. Go when you someday when you're ready to rewatch it, go watch the two hour and two minute theatrical cut okay. and, and tell me if you have the same problem. All right. Because all right. I think it's leveled out more in the theatrical cut. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly in the screenplay, it's clean, but it, it is because, again, at, by the end of the movie, it felt good. All, all the things were shaping up. All mm-hmm. the things were tied off. But it was just strange. And with me trying to figure out, OK, when the did this happen? When did they talk? Uh-huh. When did Penny and Russell talk? When did Russell go down to William's house? When did the article get released? When did they go on another tour? I don't know. When did they get another bus? I just found that strange. And it's not a hit against the movie. It's just a nitpick that I had. Let's let's we have to go over the numbers because that's what we do on Talking Flick. But I want to ask you a question. So the movie was almost going to be called The Untitled. And the mm. studio was like, no, yes, no I... way. And then it was going to be called The Uncool, which I kind of like. Um, but are we satisfied with them settling on Almost Famous? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. my Almost first go around with podcasting yeah. was Almost Critics. It was coined after this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's a beautiful, all-encapsulating title that really captures everything to me, I think. So many smart lines. Adolescence is a marketing tool. There's so many good lines in this movie. It's so smart. But the movie was $60 million, right? So Cameron uh-huh. Crowe makes Jerry Maguire in 96, right? That is an all-timer for me. We'll talk about that on another pod someday. <laughs> um, but he, that movie makes like 270, 280 worldwide. It's a huge hit. Great, great thing. Puts to, uh, Cameron Crowe back on the map after Say Anything. He writes Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He'd been around, but he hadn't had a huge hit like that. So he gets the free keys for 60, at 2000, year 2000. It's a lot of money to make like a, this kind of movie for $60 million. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of movie that does not get made anymore today. It does not do well. Okay, mm-hmm. so it doesn't even come close to breaking even. It makes 32 domestic, 15 million foreign so that's a total of 48 you got to get to 120 to break even um, it rates really well with the critics it's nominated like I said for six or seven Oscars wins a couple Golden Globes not until DVDs start getting released does it get that cult following uh-huh. it really takes time for this movie to get uh, gain steam I remember I was in San Francisco somewhere around uh, my first love in San Francisco I look at the movie poster and I'm like holy shit this is Cameron Crowe's follow-up to Jerry Maguire I have to see this movie and I remember the poster it's a beautiful poster with the lovely pen Lane and the sunglasses and I'm like I don't know anything about what this movie is about it wasn't really sold or marketed very well by the studio and Cameron Crowe I think is still a little bit upset about that Uh sometimes America just doesn't get it right I don't know why this movie wasn't a bigger hit it seems like a no-brainer to me um, would you guys have any thoughts on why this one didn't catch on early on? I mean, what year is this? 2000? 2000? Yeah. Pre-9-11, so people are still yeah. you know, ready for this type of movie. Yeah. 
I, I don't mean, get why it didn't work out, you know? Shawshank Redemption was another one that didn't have a Well, we just started the millennia, story. too, and it's a rock and roll movie, you know? You think mm, people just maybe weren't, that, weren't in the mood for a 70s rock it movie? Could, it yeah, could have I don't, I, way, I, so. Maybe it's just like... So it rates a 7.9 on IMDb. It's got an 89% from the critics on Rotten Tomato, 92 audience. Um, the IMDb released the top movies of 2000 and 2009, just like I did on my blog, Real Watchability. Uh-huh. IMDb <laughs> had it at number nine. On my blog, I had it number two for the decade. Um, so it was, it, Roger Ebert gave it four out of four. So, I mean, yeah. it was critically, it was a critical darling, but it never quite made the money back. Um, and I think that that hurts Cameron Crowe in the long run. He does get to make Vanilla Sky and some other movies after this. Uh, he makes We Bought a Zoo. Um, we Bought a Zoo. Aloha was a, was a tragic <laughs> movie. But Aloha. this was sometimes like what happens is there's lightning in a bottle, as Tyler yeah. likes to say. Jerry Maguire is the opus. That's the one that makes all the money. You get your one chance to make the one movie that's been sitting on your screenplay desk for years and years and years. And you take it. You get 60 million bucks. And it tanks. And it tanks. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a bummer that, that because sucks. it's that such definitely a great movie suck. to but, me. But it didn't work out in the long run. But for it has Cameron such Crow's a huge success. following now. It really it does. does. It and does. it's yeah. probably it gotten does. some sales for, through For me, rewatchability, DVDs, yeah. right? This is so rewatchable. It totally stands the test of time. This movie rates higher than anything that's come out in the last nine, ten years. <laughs> it just does for me. Now, I'm, I'm old and I'm different and I'm weird and I'm a romantic or whatever you want to say. But this movie holds up so well. I don't care when it came out. It still looks clean. It looks glossy. It plays well. It sounds awesome. The casting is fine. There's nothing in this movie that screams it came out 19, 20 years ago to me. Mm-hmm. You guys, you're the younger folks. The Dark Knight. <laughs> it's, does it, does no, it, no, does no, it no. age Final well? Final Destination. Does it age well? <laughs> you know, if this movie was released I, I, now, would it be a hit? You know? what, what I will say, it's, uh, I, and I mentioned it earlier, it's just a really good window into that time. Yeah, I yeah. think it really encapsulates all that it was in, in the 80s. Oh, no, mm-hmm. it's 70s. 73. Yeah, 73. Yeah. 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 Uh, And it really captures that well. Yeah, Uh no. And I felt it. It was real. The the script, it really got me. Bobby (laughs) Kennedy dies in 69. Martin Luther King dies in 69. Malcolm X before that. JFK in 63. This is a crazy time in American history. And music, it was a window to the soul of the hippies and the young folks. Yeah. They needed something to turn to when everything felt like chaos to them. Plus, 69 was, uh, what's 69. his name? Charles Manson. Nice. Charles Manson Charles also. Manson yeah, so we're going to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So and let's see how that, that is. That was kind of probably an end of an era, too. We, we really count it as a period piece, right? We count this as a period piece? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. man. To me, <laughs> so, yeah. it, it's, one of the best, yeah. it's one of the best period pieces of all time, personally. Yeah, I mean, as far as the movie goes, the story is really good. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack, of course, is amazing. And it really feels like it's kind of that where the music drives the story, but the story also picks up that music and I, drives with it. Too, I just want to say, sense. Slip Away, Clarence Car- uh, Clarence Carter, so such a good song. Um, Every Picture Tells a Story from Rod Stewart, Feel Flows, uh, The Beach Boys, uh, Seen All Good People is Yes, uh, Sparks from The Who, America, Simon and Garfunkel, how, how m- a couple of Elton John songs, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's a great mm-hmm. song, Tiny Dancer, Tiny, obviously. How, how yeah. much? Uh, how- the Nancy Wilson instrumental stuff. It's a great soundtrack. If you haven't listened to this, Check it out. It's How amazing. much did they spend for Three, all the licensing? 3.5, 3.6. The most expensive wow. soundtrack ever yeah. bought up to that point. I think maybe Guardians or somebody else. Certainly inflation probably spiked some yeah. things. Mm. But at that point, it was the most expensive thing. And the studio was like, what? What? We're not giving you money for that. And he demanded it. Look at you Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. That's a great soundtrack, too. Also Nancy Wilson, but amazing. Something in the Air is Thunderclap Newman. That's a great fucking song. It's used so well in this movie. So uh, check out the soundtrack, too. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And the man. sound editing also is really, really well done mm-hmm. in this movie. So. 
<laughs> All right, guys, you ready to give it a rating? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Let's I, rate think it. So. I think so. We know what I want to go another hour. Is, yeah. We can't go another hour? No. <laughs> okay. We can go another two hours. So. <laughs> we'll just turn off all the microphones so you can talk yeah. as long as you, you can want. Talk, yeah. <laughs> I, can we just say uh, you made friends with them? See, friendship is the booze they feed you. They want you They want you to get drunk on the feeling that you belong. It's so well, We're going to so do quotes? Smart. We're going to do quotes? It's so smart. Come on. <laughs> this is the circus. Everyone's yeah, trying not to go I, home. I this one. It's Nobody's amazing. saying goodbye. Nobody wants to say goodbye. It's so smart. Cups have acid in it. Wait, that's mine though. <laughs> that's a great movie. So this oh, is man. a wonderful movie for sure. I'm a golden god. I'm a golden god. Uh, Again, based on the Almond Brothers, supposedly. We'll my last that. words. I didn't say I was a golden god, or did I? I might have. My, my last words. I'm on drugs. There's actually how about one? There's that one part where they say we already have one Hunter Thompson. Again, so fucking smart. That's amazing. All right, let's rate this thing. Let's rate it. Shouts to Cameron Crowe, one of the best screenplays ever written, sir. Let's let's have Nick go first. Nick, you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shawshank scale. Okay, so the Shawshank scale is a tough scale, right? Anything when you get in the sevens, eights, you're talking about very, very good, right? This movie is not in my top ten of all time. It has flirted with the edges of my top ten of all time. It's just on the outside looking in uh, my top 10 of all time is mostly tens nines and nine and a halfs and at the very bottom nines i give almost famous a nine and every wow. time i watch it i almost want to give it a nine and a half but i just can't <laughs> quite get there a couple small 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 little things that i'm not are you sure it beats out weekend and bernie's we- it beats out weekend at bernie's. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It beats wow. out weekend at bernie's. now i'll say what weekend at bernie's no shame to that movie it's a great rewatchable movie also a capsule in time that i love great premise great comedy um, but this movie is is superior to that. It, it's so endearing in every way, and it's about so many things: growth, adolescence, rock and roll, sex. Uh, it's about everything about the '70s. It's about how music makes you feel. It's about decisions you make with your family. It's about coming together. It's about love, loss, losing love, falling in love, getting your heart broken. All these crazy things that like all these emotions that that are different in this movie. What I wrote on my blog was that. When I, when I was 20, I saw this movie and it, it made me feel a certain way, right? And then when I was 30, I was like, well, I kind of relate. When I was 20, I related to the, the Patrick Fugit character. It'll make it easy, right? When I was 30, I related to the Lester Banks character. Now that I'm like in the 40 area, I kind of relate to the mom. I'm like, you know what? The mom has some good points, right? <laughs> Don't do it, drugs. It, and that's the, that is the mark of a great timeless movie is that it changes over time. As you gain more experience, you see things from a different perspective. And the compilation, the group of this movie, the supporting characters, you can look at it a hundred different ways. Mm. This is one of the best screenplays of all time and it is Cameron Crowe's second best film and i was glad that you guys uh, let me pick it oh hey <laughs> nine on the shawshank well we didn't let you pick it you had the power had the to power pick that's so right yes. we uh, had to watch it and i used my power appropriately <laughs> so if we had to watch static we'd have to watch static that's i fully how, that's how i totally know i'm gonna have to watch like a racer head or something crazy now so <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for that crazy. yeah, yeah. Midsummer. <laughs> oh God, midsummer do we have to do that it's gonna be so rough yes <laughs> all right so i've right. uh, so I really enjoyed the movie and actually talking about it with Nick and Nick's love for the movie, it kind of changed my view a little bit. I'm going to fully admit that Mona Lisa when I first started watching the movie, it didn't like, <laughs> it, it didn't get its hooks in me. All right. For like the first 30 to 45 minutes, I wasn't really into it. it. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. It's a great beginning. So I was watching it and then I would stop it to do something else, come back, watch it a little bit more, stop it and come back. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you had to it, go out and look for America, and then you came <laughs> back, you found it, and you, you it touched you. But it, 
eventually it did get hooks into me and I started understanding it a little bit more. I started feeling script and seeing the realness that was being portrayed on mm-hmm. the screen. And I, I don't know. It, it is a good movie, Nick. I, I, I'm not saying that it's like a, a nine in my book. <laughs> well, you guys are um, millennials but, and emotionless. All right. so I don't expect that from so, you, but I but appreciate Nick, it. I, I will say I was going to give it a seven and a half, but after oh, talking but no. after talking about it, it bumped it up a little bit and I appreciate it a little bit more. So I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Oh, <laughs> Podcast fist bump. You know, me and producer Ryan will, pay, will do karate after this. Oh, yeah. We will do karate. After last week, we're done. But me and producer Ryan, karate after this. Let's hook it up. Oh, <laughs> Put the yeah. mat out. You know, I kind of struggle. Come on, Tyler. Oh, don't let me down. Don't let me down. So, I, I was kind of struggling with the rating with this because it's a good movie and I have a lot of fun watching it. Um, I know you're going to make me watch five cartoons. If you give it a good rating, I promise (laughs) I'll bump Justice League, uh, whatever, to like a seven and a half. All right. You sit with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know, because I remember that the first time I watched it, I really, really liked it because everything kind of took me by surprise. And I just put it on Netflix as like kind of like, I'll just watch this. I was shocked it it wasn't still on Netflix. Yeah, me too. It It was one of those movies where you think it's on Netflix. This one should stay on Netflix for the longest time. You guys basically. The top 50 movies should just stay there forever. You lied to me when I listened to the Spider-Man review I, I i was like okay the next movie we're gonna do is almost famous went on netflix couldn't find it it must have just left like not that long ago because it was on there like a netflix year ago at least. they're like no let's take this off but yeah, <laughs> yeah so but i remember the first time i watched it, i just put it on like i'll just see what this is and it really took me by surprise and i really liked it after watching it a second time it's still good it just i think because i didn't know what to expect from that first time around that it didn't impact me as much from mm. like that first time so so, First time wasn't, so, it. so you would say, and this is important because, you know, the blog is all about the rewatchability. Yeah. You didn't find this movie to be very rewatchable? I think every couple of years it is rewatchable. It didn't impact me as much, I know, as you. And that could probably be because of like a generation. I'm yeah. old and you're <laughs> young. So, yeah, I, why do you got to rub exactly. it in? You so. know, don't, don't put salt in the wound. Tyler is very virile. In, in 10 years, I'm going to play this for you again. And I'm going to watch the tears come I'm out of your 15. eyes. I'm 15. Me too. <laughs> but, you know. I think I would say from the first time watching it, definitely eight and eight and a half. This one, I think maybe seven and a half because there's a lot of things that caught me off, like, you know, surprise, like with the whole I'm 11, not 12 I think seven thing. and a half is really yeah. hey, I, I thought you were going to go lower time. than that. So, so I'm not going gonna, gonna to go so crazy for that. I want to rewatch it again next year and see just how much it impacts me then too. Right now, first time watching it, eight and a half. This Let time, me... seven and a half golden gods, you know. Just... <laughs> I like it, seven and a half golden yeah, gods. So... Let me interject one time because I, I know that we don't talk about Oscars a lot in the show and for good reason, they are sort of subjective and nonsense but the year that uh, best supporting actor was given out both kate hudson and francis mcdormand were nominated they did not win they lost to marcia gay harden for pollock which is a fine movie but clearly they messed that up what i want to talk about is the best supporting actor benicio del toro wins for traffic jeff bridges uh for the contender william defoe shadow the vampire albert finney aaron brockovich joaquin phoenix for gladiator not a great performance philip seymour hoffman he's only like 11 minutes or so of screen time but like Uh you gotta put him in there that's a travesty. He well, doesn't get nominated. It's the Academy. They never nominate the right yeah. people, except yeah. for Signs of the Lambs. Yeah. But. <laughs> Would you, but do you think, um, now I want to ask you this because you're saying not rewatchable. Is there a performance that stands out to you in this movie? Will you always remember the Lester Bangs character? Will you always remember the mom character or not really? Nobody, nobody will, really sticks with you like gosh. that. As far as like most memorable, definitely the car situation when he finds out his real age that he's been lied to you know just because it's really funny shouts to that young william character that actor's really good (laughs) yeah man yeah he's great how old am i (laughs) (laughs) so 
But other characters that really stuck out for me are definitely the mom too. I, a lot of them really just shine in general. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. Really I agree. I agree. Shine. Credits to Gail Levin. The casting is amazing. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to kind of pick which one shines the most in general. I would still say like William is definitely like the main character, or at least he's the window character. Remember, you know, this basically know, launches sure, Zoe but... Deschanel. This launches Kate Hudson's career to a certain extent. Gives Patrick Fugue a jump start for a while. Billy so. Crudup is like uh, literally he's, he's the best yeah, one. He's, I, he's, in my opinion, he is now, he's the best. Oh, so does anybody think Brad Pitt could have pulled that off? Yeah, I think he could have. I don't, I don't know. know. It's weird kind I of picture him in a mustache. I don't and long know. Hair, but I just think Crudup has the right look and the right like tone. But this is young Brad Pitt. Two thousand Brad Pitt. This is, is Fight Club, uh, Brad. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, yeah. It's like yeah, it's basically Fight Club. Apparently, Legend, left late, this to little do bit Fight after. Club. Yeah, exactly. I could. That's right. I could see him with a mustache and some like tinted blue aviators. I don't sure. know. I think it's just the blonde. <laughs> they already got a blonde guy though. You can't have. But a, you can't I, have two blonde guys. But I'm not taking away anything from Billy Crudup. He does an amazing job. I'm going to tell you something that's gonna it's gonna touch your soul in the funniest way there's so much true life in this movie uh, a true life story and I of this felt movie it. I felt is it. that after this movie was released Cameron Crowe's uh, true life mom and true life sister had been estranged for years and years and years yeah. this movie brought them together oh, again yeah. that's different, <laughs> it's, it's real life right I mean like that's how true this movie is the family was like oh my gosh this is amazing and Nick that doesn't make me like no, the no, movie I'm not more selling it to you <laughs> that I'm just saying the emotionalist bastard that I wrote on a blog that life imitates art, art art imitates life this movie is a constant loop of that constantly happening there's a lot of fakeness in this movie there's fiction in this movie but I can't tell the difference anymore uh -huh. because it's so closely blended Did this together. Really happen? Yes, it's so perfectly well done. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment uh, recommendations. Anything you guys want to recommend or don't want to recommend? Um, yes. Okay. So. The reason why I wasn't here last week was because I was in California meeting up with a cousin and were surprised when we, we got tickets to Anime Expo. So, Anime Expo. Yeah. I and, saw some of these pictures. Oh, man. <laughs> it was so fun. Was and, it Fat Thor? That was amazing. Yeah, it was <laughs> Fat Thor. But the highlight of it is I got to see the season premiere of My Hero Academia. It doesn't show until October. And... If you have not heard or if you've not seen My Hero Academia, it's so good. It just finished up season three. and then Where do we watch it at? You can watch it on uh, YouTube. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh, on VRV. You can watch it on VRV. You VRV, can watch it on okay. Firestick. Uh, it, it's oh, Crunchyroll. Yeah, you can watch it. But uh, this anime is so good. If you like animes and you have not gotten into it, and I'm pretty certain that if you like animes, you've already watched it. Watch it again. And if you're not into animes, this may be the the one that would get you into it. It's really cool and it's very over the top. Check it out. A lot of good action and a lot of good feelings. It's, it's I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta get into anime enough to give it like a fair chance. Uh, because my wife definitely likes it, and uh, I, there's a lot of your stuff wife watches anime. She does like anime. Are you yeah, serious? Does, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you want to recommend, Nick? So Joe? I'm going to recommend a, a, just a, just very briefly. First of all, Stranger Things. It, it's all about Stranger Things. Watch Stranger Things. Binge Stranger Things great third season period and i know we can't get into spoilers and talk about it too too much uh but also one more shout to almost famous almost famous is turning into a broadway musical mm. and the premiere is going to be in one of my favorite cities ever san diego and it's right around september 27th i think for actual tickets previews a little bit before that so if you want to check out the musical version of this movie it's so good i, I feel like it's going to play really well you'll probably see cameron crow if you go to one of the first couple days there uh san diego this year um, almost famous, the Broadway musical. So check it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, guys, I just started getting back into Swamp Thing. So I finished up the oh, third you're gonna episode. Finish it, huh? Yeah, okay. I haven't finished it yet. I, I saw really the first busy, two, so, so I'm right behind But you. that 
Swamp Thing looks really good, and it's been a really good solid episode. I'm ashamed that, you know, watching it now, it's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to see a second season at all. It's a bummer this, when they steal, they, they they pull the rug out. Yeah, it, it really sucks, is, yeah. but you know what? It's it makes just, me not want to go back, but I will finish it at some point, just like Doom Patrol. I stopped at three episodes, I think. Episodes. I got to go back to that Doom Patrol is definitely coming back, yeah. So, but yeah. they've been doing critically well, and I want to say, like, Swamp Thing just looks so good, but... That's pretty much all I got right there for recommendations. Uh, it's the summertime, and and we didn't talk too much about Spider Man, but I think it's made like six hundred and thirty or something worldwide. It's made every money. In nothing's there. really coming. <laughs> nothing's really coming out this week. Crawl, the horror movie about the alligator. Yeah. Uh, so it's got a clear path to to probably touch a billion dollars in another week yeah, or so. Yeah, it's going to so. make a lot of money. So. Yeah. Yo, and real quick, just another recommendation I want to throw out there. On the 19th, uh, July 19th, Elmer Abapo, I suggested him before. Oh, is he Vegas? Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be in Vegas. He's going to be performing at the House of Blues on the side. We should go to this. If you guys want to go to it, it's All dope. Right. We'll go to it, yeah. yeah. Talk offline. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. July if you 19th. Meet us, come to this concert. House of Blues, B-side, 7 p.m., doors open, and it's only $12. Two best tickets. places to see a show in Vegas for those folks who are out of town. House of Blues and The Joint at the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm. House yeah, yeah, Blues yeah. at Mandalay. Rhythm Bulls good yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Bulls yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Those two are better. Even the Cosmo has that one. What is that room called? I yeah, but that room. But it, big shout outs, Elmer Abapo, uh, July nineteenth. Yeah, he's on my House iPod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check him out. Absolutely. We'll check him out. So, uh, so for our next segment, we've got mail. So we've got something here. We reached out on Twitter for our followers. We just said, hey, uh, if you got a podcast question, just throw it out us. We got a response from Morale Bros. That's M O R A L E and then B R O S over on Twitter. Thanks for the uh, question. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. So, <laughs> um, his question is favorite movie of 2019. So I know we're only what July. So seven months in, yeah. what would you say your favorite movie of 2019 is right now? now? Okay, can I say that? Everyone's gonna say Avengers Endgame. Can we yeah. take that off of the table? Let's say favorite uh... movie of 20 favorite movie you've seen. It doesn't have to come out in 2019, but just a movie you've seen in 2019 that's come out. Mm, so okay. it could be a movie you've never seen before you just saw it and it just happened to be your favorite movie of 2019 so why don't we do it that way or you can say this is my favorite movie of 2019 it's Avengers Endgame so. I don't like how Tyler changes the rules mid, uh, mid-sentence it's not fair I know it's like oh god now I'm really I'm stung, sticking so. with the, my favorite movie my favorite movie of 2019 I'll go first okay, okay. Uh, I'm the grown up I'll go first uh, it's Avengers Endgame I gave it a 7 so according to the blog realwatchability.com okay, if, it it Avengers Avengers, yeah, if it wasn't Avengers but if it wasn't Avengers a couple Avengers. weeks ago uh, you guys mentioned when I was gone I saw yesterday the Beatles movie very shortly after that I saw the Paul McCartney concert I love that yesterday movie um, it's not a great great movie i only gave it a six and a half but it's my second favorite movie of the year under avengers endgame so it's not quite as satisfying as the nerd fest that was avengers endgame but it's such a satisfying movie and it's so different than all the other stuff we've seen this year so i would say yesterday danny Mm. boyle's yesterday danny boyle and richard curtis's yesterday it's really really good and i don't think it's making decent money but people should go see this it's it's the cure for the common comic book movie Uh go out take your girlfriend do something a little different it's a sing-along it's a lot of fun it's super sweet check it out danny boyle's yesterday it's still playing right now all right well i'll go next i just thought of mine right now okay (laughs) all right so i would say uh favorite movie that came out in 2019 as far as like movie theaters go Oh my gosh, that's a rough one. Uh, I'd probably give it to maybe Endgame for sure. Just... <laughs> okay, if it wasn't Endgame, it already said. So like, uh, you made the that, rules, that's, right? my, that's the one that came out well, in 2019. I agree. It's my so number one. Also. I would say like just because yeah. you know it was such a hype film, it came out. We all went to go see and it. And we were satisfied. We were yeah. legitimately and satisfied. I was, I was definitely so, satisfied. You know. But 
favorite movie I discovered on Netflix that I just watched this year that didn't come if out. It's in murder mystery or whatever. I'm gonna Layer Cake. <laughs> oh, Layer Cake was a movie that All I right. saw yeah, this year, yeah. and it was one of those movies like I'll just put this on for background noise. I think I gave Layer Cake a six and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great great movie. I want to watch that again. Yeah, Layer Cake was definitely pretty solid. Daniel Craig at his best. Yeah. Well, That's what got him bombed. Beautiful scene. Oh. <laughs> what do you got, Garbage Boy? So in 2019, the movies that came out, if you probably say are going to have to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Endgame. Get out of here. Okay. Uh, of course, it's going to be Endgame. Right. But if it wasn't Endgame and it's movie theaters, I would probably give it to John Wick 3. I knew, oh, yeah. okay. I knew that was All coming. Right. But That's my number seven. So <laughs> This is for the record. Um, but I watched a lot of movies for the first time this year. 2019. This is like the hardest. Because <laughs> you're on the podcast yeah. with movie experts. <laughs> For me, this is like the hardest question. Look at all the movies that I watched. Yeah. So if I was you like, say Wet Hot American Summer. I was gonna, you know, I was actually pretty solid. Okay, all right, all right. So I was gonna say that, and then I was like, oh wait, we also watched Green Room. That one was pretty good too. And I was like, oh wait, we also watched Hot Fuzz. That was what really about good too. My best too. friend's wedding. But, okay, <laughs> this is gonna make that. Nick happy. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to say for 2019. The Martian. Oh, the Martian. The Martian. Yeah, it's a right. classic. That yeah. was good, man. That was, was probably <laughs> put the mats out. We're doing yeah. karate <laughs> for for 2019 movies that I haven't seen before that really stood with like super satisfying. Like, yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. Stayed with me, and every now and then I think about it. I was like, yeah, that was a really good movie. But uh, rewatchable. You'll watch it again. Yeah, I'd probably watch it again. Awesome. My uh, number three movie of 2015, <laughs> The Martian. Just for the record. <laughs> yeah, but. If it was in the uh, the spirit of the question, Endgame, if not Endgame, yeah, I think we all John sort of agree. <laughs> and you know what's a bummer about that? We've talked about it on the pod before. It's that we get front loaded on these summer these summer movie years. They start the summer a little bit earlier. They're releasing these movies in March and April now. We want to get to some of the other stuff, some of the substance. That's why I say go see yesterday. Let's see some other stuff. We don't need all Captain Marvel and Endgame and Shazam and John Wicks. Let's get some other stuff in there, too. I hope the rest of the year is better than the first. Yeah, Army of Darkness, too. Absolutely. (laughs) I want to see some stuff. I want to see something Uh, different. All right, guys. So uh, Before Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Do we know what we're doing next week yet? I don't think we do. Yes. We we do do know. Do you want to tell us? I don't want to know. Take a sip of one. So it was a hard question for me i put it up to you guys I was like do you want a definite ryan pick do you want a kind of ryan pick i or chose like, the road less traveled <laughs> i three. just read it when i got Shout here so spider. i was like yeah, Never <laughs> so i know nick wanted me to pick the third option which is the yeah. movie that that would not be a ryan pick yes. because he knows that the ryan pick would yes, be because i know producer ryan and i don't <laughs> trust his judgment at all <laughs> <laughs> no great um, producer terrible movie judgment <laughs> i like your name. and and because <laughs> because of last Last, last week's episode, I want to show you that I have some like dimensions to oh, my some depth, a little depth, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to pick. It's kind of a funny story. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, Zach uh, Galifianakis. When he's um, uh, what's her name? Emma, Emma Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, Emma yeah. Roberts in it too. So, so man. it's kind of a funny story. That is the directors of Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. The two indie directors of Captain really? Marvel. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Anna Bowden, okay. Ryan Fleck. I did not know I'm that. I'm not totally sure, but yeah. I am so surprised you didn't pick Midsummer. <laughs> I, uh, I so that was, that was my, my, I I was my option watch number one. I should have put the sunlight <laughs> getting like, decapitated. It was going to be chaos. No. <laughs> Midsummer, <laughs> Midsummer is going daylight. to happen. Midsummer is going to happen. <laughs> whether Nick wants it or not. If Nick wants it or not, it's going to happen. But just to appease Nick and to kind of give us a little bit of diversity. I'm going to make all you guys watch Green Book. 
Yeah. You're going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm down for Green Book. I heard a lot of good things. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of a funny story. Okay, Check it out. Right, guys. Good All choice. Right. Excellent uh, choice. Do we know where it's available at yet? Or I think it's on Netflix. Your local blockbuster. <laughs> can I mean, we, <laughs> can we just say everything is on Netflix and then have uh, the Twitterverse get really, really mad at us? <laughs> I think I saw it on there, though. I feel like it's on there. It's nah. cool. yeah. I'm not going to fact check it. I just believe it. I'm if gonna make it's it not so. on there, you can yell at us on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> no, they will. <laughs> so they will. check out your Blockbuster, your Hollywood videos. They might have it. So I'll get into it next I, week, but that's where I got my listen, copy from. I, I, oh, I, that's where I got my... It was on sale, and I got yeah, kind it of was a funny closing story down. at Blockbuster. <laughs> Me too. Oh, my God. I yeah. found a Blockbuster card the other day, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Memories. So. I miss it. Does anybody else miss walking through the aisles of a, of a I do. video oh, store? Yeah, yeah. So, checking out, like, seeing how your movie was classified, thriller, western, And just whatever. basing the movie on the cover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend. You know how some people, they'll, you know, pitch kind of pyramid scheme ideas or whatever yeah. to you? I always thought, I'll start a pyramid scheme. I'm like, I have a business opportunity for you. And I slide a card, and it's a blockbuster card. <laughs> I'm like, are you interested? I need I'm donations. In. Yes. I'm in. Like, <laughs> how much money? I need What's all your DVDs. <laughs> oh, but to get, give you a little peek behind the curtain, originally it wasn't going to be kind of a funny story. Was it was going to be something else. Wait, can you tell us what it is? I want to save it for later. I want to save it for later. A tease. A tease. I'll give you guys a hint. Maybe we'll save it for November. Okay. Oh, sweet November. Calories. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll, we'll save it for November. I did see, by the way, we mentioned it last week in the pod. I did see the stills from Bill and Ted's. Uh, oh is, yeah. What is it called? Uh, face and, the music. Face, face the, music. the music. Yeah. They look good, man. Alex Winter looks great, actually. They yeah, all he look actually great. looks. Yeah. It's weird. So I can't wait for that. Shit. But yeah. anyways, guys. Uh, Ryan, where can we find you at? If you like the sound of my voice, or if you just want a little more content, you can find me on another podcast called Dragon Questicles. It is a D&D real play, role play, collaborative storytelling podcast where we just make the story of swords and sorcery and just have a lot of fun, mess things up. It's a great show. I listen every week. And by the way, I don't know if you like Stranger Things, if you like Game of Thrones, why you're not listening to Dragon Questicles. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. A lot of us, uh, man, I'm just doing a terrible job selling this, but <laughs> whatever. Good. You guys, <laughs> hey, you guys heard me I'm week after week. You can't keep me down. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard me week after week explain it. Just check it out. Yeah, just Go check it out. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. This Sinfandel is amazing. Twitter, Instagram, Ryan underscore dot com. I, I leave a link. I leave a link. So you yeah, can yeah. find it. So, All right. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Nick. Find you at. Listen, realwatchability.com. I re-released, rewrote the uh, <laughs> the review of Almost Famous. It's amazing. Yeah, it's On realwatchability.com, you can find the top 10 movies of 2019. You can find the top 10 movies of all time. You can find the top 10 movies of the 2000s. Of all time, Nick? Of all time is on there. Absolutely. Every movie. <laughs> Don't you guys go to my blog? Isn't that why you hired me? I don't know. Uh, but you can also hit me up on Twitter, at realwatch. Give us questions. Yell at us. Tell, please go watch Almost Famous. This is a great movie. Please go watch it. Educate yourself on Cameron Crowe. Mm. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? Oh, man. Uh, we're Talking Flick. You can find That's us on Twitter, are. Flick underscore Talking. Flick at gmail.com. Yeah, Talking Flick at gmail.com. If you're going to rate us. Gonna, oh, I was going to say with you at the same time. The favorite. Play if the hits. you're going to rate us, please do it on Apple. If you're going to rate us. So uh, please do it on Apple Podcasts or honestly whatever podcast app you listen to us. Any support actually helps out. If you want to become a Patreon, there's actually a link in the description. If you want to throw in a dollar to help keep the lights on, new equipment, bonus shows, stuff like that, we'll provide it to you. But hey, we just need a little bit of help for sure. 
If you're going to yell at us at Twitter, try to keep it movie related. We'll definitely argue <laughs> that way if we can. We don't want it complete poison yet. We, so. <laughs> we love the feedback. We've gotten a lot of feedback on the oh, Spider-Man yeah. episode. On uh, What was the episode before that? Where you guys Final did? Destination. Final Destination. Final Destination. There was yeah, a lot yeah, of feedback yeah. on there. Yeah. We got the writer. Right <laughs> the tag. So, I mean, we love we love it. You can write whatever you want on and it. And yeah. I want to give props to these guys. They've gotten a lot better at Twitter. Like, their hashtags and their ads are on point. We learned from Garbage Boy. <laughs> we confuse our ages, too, with how bad we used to be at Twitter. Like, <laughs> it's true, yeah. They're like, what? What is this symbol? Twitter? <laughs> It's like MySpace or something. Get out of this house. Even on work emails, I now write like hashtag stuff and people get confused. So it's, it's a weird thing. sign, but. <laughs> oh, gosh. But anyways, guys, hey, thanks for really listening to us. We really appreciate it. You know, follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Reviews. Patreon if you can. Just getting the word out definitely helps us out a lot. Um, but that's pretty much it for us, guys. Why don't you finish off, Ryan? Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next week. Yeah. Rock stars kidnap yeah. my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Retired. <laughs> <laughs>